Good morning, and welcome to another episode of God's Word on the Go. I am your host, Pastor Dr. Yvonne Scott Miller. I am pastor of the greatest church in the world, One Lord House of Worship. We're located at 3064 Old Norcross Road, Suite 200 in Duluth, Georgia. If you're ever in the Gwinnett County area on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m., please stop by, worship with us. I promise you, you'll feel the Holy Spirit in the place. Amen, amen. On Wednesday night, I am the host of what we call One Lord Worldwide Bible Study. We call it Worldwide because it's a phone Bible study. You can call in anywhere in the world. All you have to do is dial 727-731-7732. I'll have that number at the bottom of the link. But you can call in anytime between 7 and 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time and take part in a lesson that is either taught by myself or one of the qualified ministers at One Lord. But on last night, I taught a lesson that I had never taught before. In fact, I'd never thought about it very much at all. I just thought it was a word in the Bible that they talked about every now and then. I talked about vows. No, no, not not marital vows, but the vows that we make to God. I've never made a vow, so I need to turn this podcast off. No, you probably have. Lord, if you give me the job, I promise you I won't work on Sunday and I'll be there every Sunday morning. Lord, if you give me the husband, I promise you that we will be faithful and we will be at church and we'll work and serve in the church in any capacity you ask us to be in. Lord, if you give me the car, I promise you I'll take that old car and I'll give it to somebody that'll be a blessing and then you sell it and you use it as a trade-in. Lord, heal my body, and, 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 and I promise you I won't eat that much cheesecake anymore. And he heals you of the diabetes, and you go back to your old ways. Probably at some point in time, you've made a vow to God. The question is, did you keep it, or did you not? Our principal scripture came out of Ecclesiastes 5, 4 to 6. Ecclesiastes 5, 4 to 6. And I need to read the entire thing because if I don't, then the substance of what I'm saying does not make very much sense. Ecclesiastes is written by King Solomon, David's son. He is the reported to be the wisest and the richest man in the world. And I always say second to Jesus because he was the wisest and the, is still the wisest and the richest man ever living. He and he is living. <laughs> But King Solomon, he wrote two books that were credited to him. The book of Proverbs, when he was young and flourishing and and full of vigor and full of wives. In the book of Proverbs, it's the book of wisdom. But then the book of Ecclesiastes, he opens and teaches us like a seasoned preacher. He begins by saying, it's all vanities. We all hung up on the house, the car, the wife, the, the money, but it's all vanities. But he tells us something about the heart of God in Ecclesiastes 5 and about making vows to God. It reads, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, 
and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thy heart be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of businesses, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better it is that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. I did not realize how important vows were to God until he whispered to me the definition of vow and how important it is for vow kept. Google has his own definition of vow, but this is the definition that God gave me two days ago. He said, a vow is a promised kingdom exchange made between you and God. It's a promise made for the kingdom. It's an exchange between you and God. It's an if and then. Lord, if you do this, then I will do this. He went on to say, your vow to God must have kingdom value. God does not want your car. He does not want your bank account. He who have to offer something to God that has kingdom value. And he went on to give me the benefits of being a vow keeper. He says, honor and glory come to the man who makes a vow and keeps it. Glory is not a feeling or a color. Glory is a increase in favor and grace from God. Uh, he gave me as a teaching tool several scriptures, but the one that we're going to focus in for just a hot second is that in the book of Samuel. The book in 1 Samuel talks about two women, a lady named Hannah and Penina. They were married to one man, Elkaniah. Peniah was giving Elkaniah as many babies as he wanted and could even handle and think of. But Hannah was barren. And her husband said, you know I love you. I love you even more than her, even though she's giving me children. Why are you so, so, so downtrodden? But you see, in that culture, when you gave not a husband a child, you were considered a, a, a reprobate. You were considered worthless. You were considered a, a, a reproach to that husband. And so she had no children. So when they were going to the feast, she went to the temple where the priest was, the priest Eli. And at that time, the word of God was sparse in the, in the land. Eli had lost favor with God, even though he was a prophet, simply because he let his sons run rampant in the house. They were doing a little bit of everything in the house of God, with the women, with the food, with the money. And so because he could not reign uh, really in his sons, God was displeased with him. So she went to the temple and she was praying and praying and praying. And the word of God says in 1 Samuel, 1st chapter, the 11th verse, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, 
if thou will indeed look on the afflictions of thy handmaiden, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaiden, but will give unto thy handmaiden a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. She made an if and then vow to God. That's First Samuel, first chapter, 11th verse. And remember, God gave this definition of, of a vow. It's a promised exchange between you and God. But that exchange must have kingdom value. And the value was that God needed a prophet because Eli had lost his favor. And she was specific in saying, God, give me a man-child. Not just because a man-child would be, can be a prophet living in the house, but also because a male child born to, by a woman to her husband restored her, herself in the eyes of the community. Now that's, as I said, 1 Samuel, the 11th chapter, but we don't even get out the chapter. We get down to 1 Samuel, 1st chapter, excuse me, the 19th verse, and it says that he went back home and Elkanah knew Hannah and Hannah conceived. God is not slack, nor is he delayed in accomplishing his promises. And so Hannah did what she said she was going to do. And again, in that same 1 Samuel, 1st chapter, Somewhere around the 24th verse, it says that when the, she had weaned the child, that she presented him back to the prophet Eli, and he remained there all the days of his life. She made an exchange with God. She said, God, if you will open my barren womb and give me a man child, then I will give him back to you. But where's the honor and the glory? You said, Pastor Yvonne, that there's honor and glory that comes to a man who makes a vow and keeps it. Well, the honor came because she gave her husband a male child, and that restored her honor in the sight of the people. But if you were to continue to read in 2 Samuel, the 21st verse, excuse me, 1 Samuel, the second chapter, the 21st verse, it said, and the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. God honored her with the grace of reproductivity. So no longer, she did not just lose a son. And she didn't because she would visit her son. But she didn't lose the one son. God gave her three more sons, one for the father, one for the son, one for the Holy Spirit and two daughters. God was true to his word. But there's a flip side to everything. What happens when you don't keep God's vows? What happens when you, as, as is said in Ecclesiastes by, by King Solomon, you open your mouth and you don't keep it, you just start talking? God told me this. He said, a vow unpaid is a rep reproach to God. A vow unpaid is a reproach to God. What does that mean, Pastor? It disappoints God. It breaks his heart. No, he didn't say an abomination, those things that he hates, but he says you break his heart. But then he went on to say, 
a vow unpaid can bring spiritual death. What spiritual death? Separation from God. He gave me as a teaching tool the book of Acts. I won't read it, but I'll just tell you a little bit about the story. In the book of Acts, the the church was beginning to get established. And people from all over, the 3,000, the 5,000, were selling things that they had and presenting them to the apostles. And the Bible says that nobody lacked anything. Everybody had what they needed. And at the end of Acts, the fourth chapter, Barnabas had sold everything that he had and brought the money and laid it at the feet of the apostles. But then we enter into Acts, the fifth chapter, Ananias and Sapphira are are saying, okay, we're going to do the same thing. And they have made a vow to God that we will sell what we have, sell our possessions, and we will do just like Barnabas did and present it to God. But they conjured up a scheme. I guess they said, okay, if we sell this, sell this stuff for $100, we don't give a haul $100, but maybe they got so much more that they said, maybe we're going to keep a little bit of this to ourselves. And Ananias and Sapphira agreed. And so the husband went to Peter and said, here is all the money from the sale of our possessions. And Peter said, you're not lying to me. You're lying to God. He says these words in Acts 5 and 4. While it remained, was it not thine to own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. They had made a vow that they would give all to God. So God will give it to you if you just, we will honor you. But they reneged, they gave only a partial obedience to the vow. And this is what happens to Ananias in Acts 5.5. And Ananias heard these words and fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came upon all them that heard him. And the young men arose, wound up him up, and carried him out and buried him. And a few verses down, his wife came in and collaborated with the lie that they had conjured, and the same thing happened to her. She fell dead, and they took her out and buried her with her husband. I taught the lesson and I gave the scriptures, but then I had to confess, I had to ask God the question, Lord, why did you give us this lesson? Is it that you want the hearers to repent and and because you said in the word in Job that if we would repent of that thing that we've done that the blessing of repentance is a restoration with God I won't read it but when you get a chance go to Job the 24th chapter read 21 to 28 Job the 21st chapter 21 to 28 and it tells you that if you offend God if you break a vow If you will just simply repent, then the blessing of repentance is that you will be able to decree a thing and it will be established. He said, you've got to repent first, apologize to God, and then you can begin to open your mouth and God will restore you. And then you can decree a thing and that thing will be established unto you. So I said, God, is is this lesson being taught 
because your children are continuing to make false vows and they're not keeping? Or did you have me teaching the lesson because you wanted to get something to us? You wanted us to bless us like Hannah and get something to us, a a manifold blessing, not just what we asked for, but a blessing on top of a blessing. Which was it, Lord? And like most lessons when I teach them, I don't know the answer until I get to the end. And I began to pray for those on the line, pray that God will give us each a heart of repentance as we go to our closet, and that we will each begin to glorify God in our actions And then the light bulb went off. The answer was simply, he was trying to get something to us. When I said the words, we will glorify you, Lord, I will glorify you, that is what he was saying. He's saying there's something in your life that you cannot do. Like Hannah could not make herself fertile. Like Jacob in the book of Genesis, who was Jacob and running from his family, he could not restore his his face back to the family and return home. He could not make himself Israel and become the the father of, of of the first church. He could not do those things. But God could. And he was simply saying, if you will give me that thing which you cannot do, And promise that when I give it to you, that you will give me all the glory, then I will do it for you. If you will give me the glory for the house, the car, the children, the wife, the marriage, the Jehovah Shemar Dome, the Stars Born Pre-K Academy, the Anointed Ones Autism and ADHD Academy, the when worship and word is birth music project if you will give me the glory for growing one lord house of worship if you will give me the glory for maturing your children to financially independent adults if you will give me the glory for restoration of relationships if you will give me the glory then i'll do that thing which you've asked me to do and not only will i do that thing that you've asked me to do I will give you additional honor and glory because you kept the vow. So my brothers and my sisters, God's asking for a simple vow. He's saying, give me the glory. When I do that thing that you cannot do, just remember, it was I who did it. And not you. Give me the glory. And I will do that thing for you. Amen. 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 If this podcast has blessed you. Please subscribe. Share. And consider being a financial partner with the ministry. You're not helping us out. You're not helping God out. You're reaping a blessing in the kingdom by planting that seed. So until we meet again, be blessed and be a kingdom blessing. Mm-hmm.